Hello darlings, it's Rebecca here. Sorry this episode is horrendously late. Uh, I have a very good excuse though. I got Covid and then just didn't feel like getting out of bed or staring at a screen. Uh, So apologies for that. Thanks for bearing with us. Here is the episode. There is no poem of the month uh, because I just wasn't able to get my act together to put one in. Um, But yes, hopefully normal service will be resumed shortly. In the meantime, enjoy this episode. Thanks again, darlings. I'm Laurie Eaves. And I'm Hannah Hutzbert. Dead Darlings is a monthly podcast for the spoken word community. Each month we'll be bringing you interviews, tips, inspiration and above all awesome poetry from the spoken word scene. We'll also be telling you what's on and where you can submit your work. This month we'll be interviewing Matthias Monkey Edgar. And we'll be giving you a sneak preview of our book review episode, where we'll be chatting about All the Names Given by Raymond Antrobus. That episode will be out later this month. But first, what have you been up to since the last episode? Obviously, the big thing, the big thing has been <laughs> Jake's birthday, which it, I was thinking about this. It feels a little self-indulgent to be like, oh, we went to our friend's birthday party, particularly if you happen to li- listen to the podcast mm-hmm. and kind of don't know Jake, don't know the people we're talking about. But it's worth <laughs> pointing out because Jake Walthall, because he you know, has been organising poetry nights for years, he's kind of mates with everybody. He is just he's as, as was said during the night, he's a great hype man for everybody. So mm-hmm. it's it sort of become this, this yeah, like it was just for his birthday, but it, it you know, became this massive event. And even if you didn't know him, you'd buy tickets to this event. And it just was a, a night of fantastic performers. And it was wonderful. He booked everyone <laughs> and we were so hungry for in-person events as well that it was this mix of, yes, feast when we're starving and much like Joelle Taylor uh-huh. winning uh, the T.S. Eliot Prize, there is this kind of like... Because he has given so much to the scene, everyone is so fucking delighted for him as well. And that's, yes, there is this, yeah, lovely, reflective, you're great, no, you're great, no, you're great, no, you're great. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and we uh, we did record it, so we probably will be putting that up as a bonus episode at some point soon. Yeah, and oh. it was it was just a fantastic night of awesome poets. Yeah. It was nice to see everyone again. <laughs> mm. I, I hugged so many people. It was lovely. But also, you kind of, you feel like you're not going to get around everybody. Do you know what I mean? You kept, you happen to be aware of, like, I'm just going to talk quickly to you just so I've seen, I've said hi, mm-hmm. I've seen you, because there were so many people. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. And it was nice that it was publicly available, so you could just go as a, you know, a nice, nice bill of great poets. Like. Yeah. And weirdly, it sort of ran to time which yeah. i was not expecting yeah, that was a surprise. <laughs> i was very ready for and i've just got this quick one but nobody did <laughs> nobody did <laughs> it was all on time it was very good so yeah that's kind of been the big one apart from that i did genesis poetry slam mm-hmm. which was fantastic but i did get my phone stolen on the way there that's fantastic that was mm-hmm. that was pretty shitty yeah so but like do you know what? Genesis is such a good night that I actually was really not as upset as I should have been about my phone being next. <laughs> that's great. Like, that's there was great a point sign. where Laurie, who was DJing for the night, led us in a rousing rendition of I Will Go Down With This Ship by Dido. <laughs> I had a couple of glasses of wine mm. at this point, and I was like, this is fine! We do that. I We do that every every Genesis slam. It's <laughs> become uh, it's become the theme, the national anthem of Genesis Slam. <laughs> Usually, I do it with Joel, and it's a little bit more of a communal thing. Whereas, and not just me standing a bit of a tit at the front, waving my arms about. It's, it's me and Joel usually being a bit of a tit at the front, waving our arms about. But yeah, this it did still go well. It did still go well. The crowd were moved to follow you. This is a tradition. Gosh, I I've been to a few Genesis's since it started up again, but I think me and Laurie keep missing each other. So I could well believe this has happened multiple times, and I haven't seen it once. <laughs> this is this is throwing me slightly. Well, I will have to come to the next one. It's, it's a rousing song for the whole audience. <laughs> it is one of those songs people do start singing spontaneously, just along the two, and you suddenly well, become aware the whole room's doing it because it's so a nothing, <laughs> but everybody's just like, yeah. I, I was listening to that. I think. I, yeah, I was on a car journey and somebody had it on in the car. Life is for life for rent. That the yes. Dido song off the yes. same album. That mm. is very much a Gen Z song, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like uh, no Gen X song. Sorry, that that 
like for millennials like if my life is to rent and I don't learn to buy well I can't afford to buy like like it's not mm. a good metaphor uh, for permanency of relationships for millennials at all mm. uh, I'm sure Dido has permanent residence these days yes I feel like she can afford it now yeah so yeah so that's kind of been my poetry month really cool. so yeah Laurie what about you what about me well we did have Jake's gig which we should probably mention as well as us probably going to do a episode or use it in some fashion we recorded it it was also live streamed and on bad betty's youtube channel you can watch all of it it's oh, up now oh, that's amazing. Mm. yes which may be better audio quality i'm not sure but <laughs> in case just nice. just something to know if you wanted to steal the audio from that with lovely permission from our friends then that might be a good idea yeah the whole thing the video is over four hours long so you might want to start skipping bits and you know if you also want to know who this jake guy is we're going on about uh, if you go back to like maybe like our fourth or fifth episode we it's quite early on yeah we interviewed jake and his wife well now wife amy who run bad betty press together so it'll be under bad betty so yeah if you want to get a sense of what is going on with this guy and uh, yeah they were they were very lovely what is going on with that guy <laughs> yep so we had that as you mentioned genesis which i'd completely forgotten about though that was a very much a, a gig i was working at to the point that you sometimes forget <laughs> who even participated or won or that you even did it but in a good way it was good and i have an update on my sending stuff out to journals got a poem in ink sweat and tears this month which was nice so that was that was good it's on their website it's called pulling lester from a plastic tube in a south bank market that's the name of the (sighs) poem it's on their website at the minute if you scroll back a little bit you can see that it's rather Um, lovely as a lot of laurie stuff has been recently just lovely oh thanks and in the interest of transparency i've had two rejections in the same period (laughs) so you know you can't win them all but so far the ratio is not too bad um been doing a lot of reading actually i read this amazing collection called amnion by stephanie sequia which i may be choosing for one of our future book of the month episodes because i absolutely adored it i've also been reading finally got around to tane stevens pamphlet dream escape which was good and catherine catherine o'driscoll's book our guest from last month cliff notes which has been getting great reception. It's been doing really well. And man, that cover in gold is absolutely gorgeous, isn't it? As is the stuff inside it. Yes, I really enjoyed <laughs> I really enjoyed how Catherine last month had been saying that she what did she say? She said she uh didn't she wanted it to be bleak and didn't give a shit or something like that. No, like, I think it's the didn't, opposite. I think wasn't, she was a bit worried that be, that she wasn't, was kind of, she had the impulse that she should put a sort of redemption. Should put something in, in. yeah. Like, kind of almost like sort of kind of in a, in a way that was a bit kind of false almost. Just, just yes. to be like, oh, but this is what people want, and having but to it doesn't pull back from that urge. Yeah, it, it, like I I admire the fact that it pulled back from that urge like I felt that reading it in a way that really worked for it so yeah I enjoyed that and then we've got obviously we've been reading Raymond Antrobus's All the Names Given which we'll talk about in our book club episode as well Mm -hmm. that's probably it from me this month the poetry train keeps on trucking a train doesn't truck a truck trucks a train trains so the poetry train keeps on training Mm -hmm. Hannah what have you got for us she's got nothing for us because she's disappeared from the recording <laughs> we just stay on the line and we hope she comes back and that works out. mystery voice what have you been up <laughs> yeah. to this month our guest our guest matthias is also with us matthias what have you been up to this month while we wait for hannah to come back well poetry wise yes i was at the jake wild hall gig mm-hmm. that was amazing i've been looking forward to that for months other than that it's been a bit light because march is uh, birthday month both my kids and myself have birthdays oh. so there's always a lot to <laughs> celebrate and, and organize happy birthday um, and i've ju- yeah thank you very much yeah and there's been a, a couple of competitions at work so i've been doing that as well uh, it was a an internal bake-off today so uh, <laughs> busy with non-poetry related things <laughs> nice amazing what did you bake uh, the theme was feats of engineering okay. it's an engineering company and i made a marble cake with a marble run on top nice sounds mm-hmm. um, great and i came joined first so i'm nice. happy with that i made it through to the final <laughs> excellent good stuff i channeled my inner inner jürgen if that's uh, anyone was last season yes indeed nice. you get the honor of asking hannah what she's been up to this month 
Hannah, yes, what have you been up to this month? <laughs> well, my internet's been behaving, as you can tell. I just got booted off my, my entire Chrome crash, so I'm back after applause. Hello. I actually realised I'd been work I'd done so many different things that I actually needed to make a note of them because the scenes things seem to be starting up again in, in decent numbers, which is lovely. I, of course, hosted Insight, the monthly LGBTQ plus uh, spoken word night that I host, and our feature act was Ron McIntyre, who's got a pamphlet, a new pamphlet out, and so I both booked them for the feature, because because it time messed up, but, but also went to their online launch, which was an absolute delight as well. And a lot of the online nights I've gone to have been people I already know doing their own I don't know, it's it's a scene that I already know in some way, whereas Bron has started turning up to things and I've met them. My things, as it were, but it was it was it was all online, but it was like taking a visit to this I I felt like I was being introduced to a completely different scene and learning what the links were between poets. That was absolutely gorgeous and it felt like more like a virtual visit rather than oh I've met one or two new people, if that makes sense. It felt more like it's going over into other territory. Had an in-person gig at Play on Words in South London, which is a queer night run by Lee Campbell, does, on Zoom, does incredible things with multimedia, like soundscapes and visuals overlaid and really, really plays with medium. But then in person, it's, it's the night has a giant screen and I was like the only act who hadn't thought to make brilliant make use of a giant screen so I will be trying to I don't know I I can feel that medium expanding into real life as well and I want to play with it also because that was in Rebecca's neck of the woods I saw Rebecca in person at that too yay it was social things are starting up again it was at the bridge house in Penge yes yep Penge Yep. Yeah, Peter Hay has neck of that the neck woods. Of oh, yeah, there are poets down here. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yes. So. Oh, no, I hope so. I, I, definitely, I think there definitely is a Penge Poet Laureate knocking around as well, but I'm not quite sure who that is. Excellent. Oh, yeah, I've had a few, a few online gigs and a few online workshops. And the other, the only other two... Yeah, it, it's so weird to me that I have multiple things to talk about. It's not like... Rack my brains, rack my brains. Yes, I went to two things. Okay, I've got two things to talk about. I have applied for a poetry course, which is like at a high enough level that they said, please submit some examples of your work and we'll let you know if you've made the cut. It is a paid poetry course, but they still, you know, want to check that you're up to the correct level. And so tomorrow I find out if I've made the cut and I, yeah, it's 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 quite, it feels a bit more like, you know, applying to uni or whatever. It's, it's a bit weird. I'm checking my emails slightly too often. And I started writing <laughs> things. I've got like four different, like nothing's like polished yet, but I've got four different decent drafts on the boil, which is rare and new for me <laughs> these days. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Plus also Jake's birthday gig, which like was gorgeous to attend, incredible acts on, but also fuck me, that came at exactly the right time. I needed it. <laughs> I had just hit the I miss people. <laughs> And I'm feeling weird because I haven't seen enough people in too long. And then there was everyone in one place. Like, on the way home, I was a bit extrovert and weird on my cycle because I'd seen people! And I could do... Yeah, it it was good for the soul (laughs) in so many ways. Just want to say, other other poetry nights are available. That Not everybody (laughs) who was everybody was there. It, It was a good one, but, you know lots of there's lots of great poetry nights <laughs> <laughs> on that note shall we do an interview yeah. let's do an well, interview this month's interview is with matthias ediger matthias monkey ediger is a multi-slam winning performance poet originally from germany living in cambridge he is the former hammer and tongue cambridge slam champion and genesis slam grand finalist he has traveled the uk to listen to and learn from poets across the country and to share his voice 
His writing tackles issues from mental health to the environmental crises, from raising children to the fragility of relationships. His style and imagery are full of surprises, sprinkled with extended metaphors and references to popular culture. And he has been described as the M. Night Shyamalan of poetry. <laughs> Welcome very much to the show. In what context? By whom? <laughs> Maybe we'll find out. Thank you very much. All, all will be revealed yeah, at the end. We were, we were dead all along. <laughs> dead darlings. Oh, God. Before we get into that, Matthias, could you share a poem with our listeners? Yes, absolutely. This is called Na am Wassergebaut, which uh, means literally built close to the water. It's a German expression for being prone to showing feelings through tears. My heart is a house by the sea, but I grew up a civil engineer, a statistician raising dikes to hold back the floods. Wave breaker smile to cut through the rolling emotions, concrete embankments to channel, keep the flow straight, consistent, measured, until all the rapids and rushes had vanished. From calm, I constructed an infinity pool in my backyard. Bottom boiling, surface smooth as glass, always sunny, blue as the sky, just as empty. All they ever saw, reflections imitating oxygen, anything that entered inevitably drowned. With lessons arriving as deadly as the tides, I'm learning that I cannot hold my breath forever, control the elements forever, heart full of holes taking on water, no bucket big enough to dry the dock. Too many storm surges devastating carefully crafted lives, standing stoic guard on the dikes, broken breakers the only witness to the gaps in the lines. At 40, I opened up the locks at last, started rewilding the riverbank, synchronous the tsunami hit, scared, senseless, submerged, feelings finally flooding the barren plains, not only mine, an ocean of empathy. That's when human nature returned, not close to, built by the water, not breathing under, inhaling it, not washing over, coursing through me, essential saline lifeblood pumping through my house by the sea and I welcome every single wave. So much reckless diving to catch up on. If you see me cry or laugh or both, take my hand, jump in. The water is fine. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's so lovely. That's such a great expression. It is nice. So we always like to start off by asking our guests, how did you get into poetry and performance poetry? Yes, yeah, so for me that's a, that's a story of two halves, because I used to write poems and song lyrics as a teenager growing up in Germany, but I stopped around the time that I started undergraduate. And then around 2017, having lived in Cambridge for about 10 years, I discovered the local poetry scene, in particular the hammer and tongue slams. And I had a very good friend at the time inspire and support me to enter, not having written anything for about 20 years by that point. I was equally terrified and excited by the, the experience and that kind of kicked start my return to poetry and that's been going strong ever since. Nice, so we're kind of going and coming back. <laughs> Yeah, but with a with a pretty big gap of no writing at all. But it's it's something just inspired me to 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 start writing again, like like a, a muse almost. <laughs> and why do why do you think you stopped writing? That's a good question. I think I, I just was busy with other things. I grew out of it. It was it was angsty teenage writing. So it wasn't. Mm. I mean, I, I recently found a stash. There's some 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 good stuff in there, but it's I don't think it was was serving me very well at the time. I've heard some of Hannah's teenage stuff. Oh. I shared that in the spirit of removing barriers, not in the spirit of being picked on for the next however many years. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, but... I'm sorry. Anna. You don't want to give us a rendition. Wait for the Vogon Slam. Wait for the Vogon. What was your teenage poetry like, Laurie? Mine was pretty bad. Mine was pretty bad, but I haven't shared it with anybody. That was that was Hannah's mistake. But on that note, so you obviously like a lot of life elapsed from a to b but also then when you 
picked it up again in Cambridge, you were obviously writing in a second language. How how do you think having sort of being bilingual adds into the process? Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. So I obviously growing up in Germany, I used to write exclusive, well, almost exclusively in in German. At least the poetry, the song lyrics were, were mostly in English at the time already. But nowadays, I, I write almost exclusively in in English. I have written a few bilingual pieces mm-hmm. since returning to poetry, but I. I tried actually uh, translating some of the pieces and I found that very difficult in either mm-hmm. direction because uh, once a piece is written, there's so many subtle differences in the meaning and of the phrases and the words that uh, just it doesn't translate literally. It's, for example, I found a stash, as I've mentioned, of my teenage writings a couple of years ago and I attempted to translate one of the pieces that I really liked. It's only a, like a four-line piece, mm-hmm. but I ended up with three separate very distinct versions that all mimic certain aspects of it, but none of them capture the, the whole of it. It's like whether I emphasize the lyricism mm-hmm. or the form or the original intent, they all were very, yeah. So, I mean, for my for my current writing, the, a dictionary is never far away <laughs> when trying to capture my inspiration from either cultural background by now. I've been living in Cambridge for 14 years now, and there's still Germanisms that, that sneak past me occasionally. But I'm, I'm happy that poetry alleviates some of the, the English punctuation rules, which can be a <laughs> bit confusing still with having grown up with German ones. What's a Germanism that we should be aware of and, and take forward? Uh, well, I mean, putting the, the verb at the end of the sentence is, uh, is a <laughs> common one that just the word order is slightly different in German. So I sometimes have to rearrange them afterwards. Maybe we should do that with our poems. Yeah. <laughs> Spice yeah. them up a bit. <laughs> and now you're in Cambridge and... As you said, you dipped your toes back in with the hammer and tongue there. Well, Cambridge has a, has a very rich scene facilitated mostly by Faye Roberts. That Faye is, mm-hmm. yeah, and has been a, a great mentor to, to myself as well ever since we met back in, in 2017. So that, that, that's kind of where it all started. The, the hammer and tongue, the slams, the monthly ones that recently have started back up again. They're, they're all hybrid, fully hybrid events now, so both in person and online facilitated by the the junction here and and of course phase efforts and then there is the allographic which is the kind of monthly open mic which uh, i consider my poetry family here locally so there's there's a rich scene that has been like opening up again over the last six months or so but i i do like to travel for them as well used to at least yeah we've seen you down (laughs) down here all the time (laughs) Like, oh, you're here again. Great. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> it's nice that you get to travel. I mean, London is, is just a, a hop away. Sometimes my travels are quicker than people to events across London just because of the, the quick trains. So, no, it's great <laughs> yeah. to, to get exposed to so many different voices and, and, and uh, stories. And yeah. I, I love that idea you were sort of saying about like allographic being a kind of poetry family. I do think like I have certain nights where I think of them as like my home nights you know it's, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's the welcoming environment that i could just go and try new stuff in and kind of not worry too much about trying to make people like me yeah and just, <laughs> like coming home. so the question we've all been burning to ask uh according to your bio you've been described as the m night Shyamalan of poetry <laughs> who who describes you as that when did that happen uh yes yeah, so, uh there was a quote from a fellow poet after the the one of the Cambridge regional finals. Uh, and he was commenting on, on some of the twist endings that I like to employ in my poems, uh, or used to at least at the time. It was, it was quite a, a frequent thing, I, I uh, turning a phrase on its head, uh, revealing the meaning of a, of a, of a metaphor at the, towards the, the very end of um And so he said, that's that's like an M. Night mm-hmm. Shyamalan uh, movie where it's like, like uh, is revealed in the end, of, uh, different to what you were expecting. Um, I'm still interested in, in turning phrases on its head for dramatic effect or teasing out the, the kind of curiosity. In, um, but yeah, that was that was that uh, Cambridge Slam final. I think the first time I saw you perform, it was one about essentially it was sort of talking about a monkey in a in a kind of you know glass sort of display kind of zoo case like zoo cage and sort of tapping on the glass and tapping on the glass and then kind of it. Yeah, it twists and it becomes about sort of you know using smartphones and yeah towards the end. I think that's that's probably the first thing I ever saw you perform and just yeah really kind of not seeing that coming, 
in a very M. Night Shyamalan sort of way. So yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think that makes sense. Can I ask a question? Do we have to put a spoiler warning at the beginning of this episode now for a, a 25-year-old film? Is that no, what we have I, to do? I think, I think it's fine. I think the seeing dead people, like, it's okay. You know I, like, caught that film on the television once and only caught the last 10 minutes of it? <gasps> oh, and wow. that is where the twist is. Yeah. Like, I just saw the end and didn't really get it. <laughs> that was the end of the film. I mean, I've only seen the beginning of it and I guess the ending. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like, between us, we've seen yeah, the film. Yeah, I, like, I don't, I don't know that it's that shocking. The ending of that particular film, possibly controversial. It's the sixth sense for any listeners <laughs> yes. who are not aware that is the film that we're referring to. Yeah, it's been twenty-five years. It's uh, fine. And and in Hamlet, like anyway. everyone dies, basically. We just oh, you're not giving that one away as well, are you? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really sorry. Well, I've got another burning question for our guest alongside the M. Night Shyamalan one, which is, monkey, where <laughs> does the monkey come from? And that's not a euphemism, that's not a metaphor, that's a yeah, direct so that, question. That comes from my band days in Edinburgh. I'm a drummer, I, uh-huh. I used to play drums. Uh, and when I joined the band first, it was uh, to replace a, uh, a guy that, uh, used to lose his sticks and there was an uh, internal joke at the band that they would have to train a monkey to sit behind that drummer to, to catch his sticks to give it back to him because it just apparently happened so frequently. Uh, so the first <laughs> gig that we had about three months in, I showed up with a t-shirt saying train drum monkey. From that point on, <laughs> I was just known as monkey and that's been my, my nickname ever since. <laughs> You do have an exceedingly good range yeah. of uh, personalized t-shirts. Yes. That, that is a hobby yeah. of mine to uh, just buy plain t-shirts and, and, and uh, get them printed. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, do you find myself reading your chest and going, is that is that a is that a reference to something? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> I feel like it's its own piece of performance poetry. Yeah. You're half watching what Matthias is doing on stage and half trying to decipher what the t-shirt's about this on this particular day it's another layer it's part yeah, of the yeah, performance it's, it's definitely, <laughs> there, there's some mooc based ones or, or performance based ones I only wear for certain occasions so it's definitely nice so you write about quite a kind of broad range of subjects I would say from kind of environmentalism to family and so what prompts you to write a poem about a particular issue or subject I think for me it's um, I always write from the heart about things that move me so it's the first sign of inspiration is usually when something stops me in my tracks when when i feel a lump in my throat and and i notice something uh, about it so i really sit down to write without that happening in the first place though of course i will work on the pieces afterwards but it's, it's usually once i've penned the key ingredients of that original inspiration quite often on just a post-it note or something thing but to um, once that event happens, it's it's that that that's the that I've captured the core. Um, and yeah, initially uh, when I started writing again in 2017, it was mental health, toxic masculinity, those featured heavily in my writing. Then uh, my kids came into the picture. Um, I started writing about societal injustices, and nowadays it's a lot about the ecological crises uh, that were added to the list and. and feature in my poetry and so after the post-it what happens next usually in your process if you mind us asking the post yeah the post-it gets expanded in a a notebook where some of the research will end up in uh, if it needs some of that Uh, and then eventually once the the rough structure and the key plot points are there i'll put it into a a word document and then start editing it that's the, the kind of typical three-step patented monkey editor uh, approach <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i never like i used to only really write in notebooks and then i think when i started i think working in an office and, and using sort of the computer more on the first draft of stuff like i i can't like i can write snippets of stuff i don't want to forget in notebooks mm. but i can't write poetry in notebooks because i mm. i like to move stuff around and yeah i'm always fascinated with like oh no i write everything in notebooks and then i do it phones i find phones quite useful yeah no it does uh in the notebook at least it does end up as as snippets almost like a like a cut out of newspaper uh, uh ransom note where i have all the lines but they they might not be in the right order or, or very well put together so 
um, but I do need that quick access when when something strikes me. So I, I always have a, a notebook or something with me to capture those points of inspiration. There's one notebook I've got, Rebecca, where like I, the same poem written out about fifty literally about half the notebook is me working out one poem because <laughs> I wasn't able to cut and paste and move things around so it's just like this one poem done about 50 times without exaggeration it's about half the notebook I really admire that patience because I, I do not fucking have it no, it's yeah. only because I was like on the tube and stuff when I was uh, working on it okay. so right. so Matthias as well as being a poet and notebook scribbler uh, you're also a dancer and we kind of wondered how that interacts with your poetry does that have an impact on it at all oh it, it absolutely does and and there's there's quite a, a direct connection for me because i love the creativity that can emerge from from both form art forms once you're familiar with the, the basic moves the basic steps and i've had actually a project where, where i've combined both the dance and the poetry for example back in 2019 i i worked with the Cambridge University Dance Society to use my piece Blow My Mind as a basis for a contemporary dance put together for uh, the Reconnect showcase at the time. Um, in the same year I also wrote an original piece called Time Will Tell for the Cambridge Community Circus Spring Show because aerial acrobatics is another hobby of mine and the words and the choreography emerged kind of in dialogue with the the other two aerialists who then performed a contortion and doubles trapeze act while I was reading out the piece so yeah all these kind of creative movement practices definitely inspire and communicate with the poetry writing um, I've written a few pieces for example this one called chance encounter where dance specific language is used to to carry the metaphor and then of course there's an M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end uh, that reveals the the actual meeting <laughs> the phrase aerial acrobatics is another hobby of mine is probably one of the better quotes that we've had on this show it's a lot of fun you should try it it's really oh, good. casually i just do a bit of that <laughs> is there a video of that we could see uh yeah there, there's videos on my on my youtube channel both the reconnect showcase and spring show um but aerial acrobatics for me i used to when i first got into it uh back in 2016 was a lot of silks. That's a statue fabric that you climb and, and kind of twist yourself in, in mm. shapes and knots. Nowadays it's more straps, um, which is another aerial discipline. Uh, there's, there's trapeze, there's hoop that I do less of, but yeah, I, I call it vertical dance because it's, it's just creativity, but expressed in, in a vertical dimension. So it's aerial acrobatics, dancing, engineering, and poetry. Yes, yes. That's a cool mix. <laughs> it's very much a renaissance. Uh, I, have, I have been described as that. I, I did one lesson in aerial silks, and I, I'm, I'm definitely quite bottom heavy, I would say, in terms of where my strength is. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a chunky pair of thighs and a pair of arms that cannot lift those thighs. So it was, it was hard work. And I, yeah, I, I only really did the one lesson. And I would love to go back and do it again, but it just... It took a lot of me. It's not. It's not something I'm naturally built for, but it is like gorgeous and a lot of fun. I would say it's. There's definitely a steep learning curve at the start of it because there's so many things that you have to rely on and get you up there. But it does. Uh, only takes a a few weeks, I would say, to to like get into it, and then and then it's just so much uh, so much fun. Uh -huh. But I come from Hannah that uh, I have been described as a Renaissance man because yeah. at the time that. Uh, that person commented on it was also uh, yeah playing drums in a band so being a musician on on the side and, <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> the PhD in uh, <laughs> physics nanophysics so yeah I'm not sure that should be allowed and how do these things all go together <laughs> <laughs> yes. what do you take from each of them do you think it's just careful 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 compartmentalizing and planning <laughs> to spend enough time <laughs> on it each. There's definitely a bit of chaos in there as well. I just my my credo is is do everything at least once. So uh, if if I find something new that I want to try, then uh, I just just go for it. So it's a pretty yeah. Good that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> doesn't kill you. So we we like to ask all of our guests: Do you have a piece of writing advice for our audience? Yeah. So as as I mentioned earlier, I always have a earlier, I always have a notebook uh, with me, and I think that's that's. Uh, been really helpful for me to 
basically take notes all the time. Anything that uh, strikes you as odd or unique or, or lovely, take a quick note of it because chances are it's your viewpoint or, or background that makes it stand out to you. So if it speaks to you, your subconscious may want for you to speak about it. Mm. Um, and, and those notes have been, have been really helpful because it allowed me, for example, to do a performance uh, last year of uh, sets of seven couple poems that were uh, within like pairs to talk to each other, even though most of them had years apart. Uh, and it taught me a lot about what has been and continues to be important in my life and, and why I write. So take notes. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So before we ask you for a final poem, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Or where can we find more about you? Uh, yeah, so I, I do have a, a YouTube channel, MME Poetry. Uh, I have a website. Uh, I have been uploading poems that you can, you can read up on. Um, uh, that's probably the best ways. Other than that, I, I am on Twitter as MME Poetry. If you want to connect with me, that's probably the best ways to get hold of me. And definitely the, the YouTube channel, there's, there's a lot of my live performances on there because it's definitely enhanced over uh, the pure page. Great, and what was the website address? The website address is uh, mmepoetry.wordpress.com. Excellent. So thank you very much for joining us. Before you head off, would you share another poem with our listeners? Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, this is a more recent piece, uh, and it's called Sunspotting. New shit. New shit! <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely new shit. Some of the newest shit out there. So, this is called Sunspotting. <clears throat> I am staring at the sun. It is making my eyes water. I see after images of nuclear fusion photon energy bombarding retinal cells to exhaustion. Forest firing synapses pull me into the future. Deniable infrared radiation bouncing off my cornea ricochet between stratocumuli and accumulated carbon dioxide, trapped heat, heating my pale skin, heating pale layers of frozen pole water, making blue ocean an event on the horizon, making bouquets of methane bloom as permafrost is made to betray its etymology. I see imbalance of power in the north-south divide, also now fought out five miles above as jet streams lose their mission, become meanders inviting floods and droughts as permanent dinner guests, ravenous cleaning out the breadbasket, monocultures riddled with by marauding fire seasons, conflagration exit wounds until silos bleed dry, empty shelves delivered just in time to empty pantries. I see empty eyes of starving children, not on TV, on neighborhood streets before hunger takes control, of my neighbor, my dance teacher, my cousin working at the nuclear plant, not working at the nuclear plant as the nuclear reaction keeps working itself through the cooling ponds. No cooling shelter from wet bulb temperatures, unless shelter built from share value, not intended for shared values for sharing. I see seas of refugees searching for safety on greener lands, masses migrating aimlessly, waves crashing into borders, Surging, everyone running, somewhere, anywhere, knowing nowhere will be safe. A last look at the calendar on my off-grid cabin wall that didn't even have time to change decade before my synapses pull me back to the now. I'm staring at my son as he runs towards me. It is making my eyes water. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Matthias. This month's book is All the Names Given by Raymond Antrobus, and it was chosen by Hannah. So, Hannah, why did you choose this book? Uh, there were a few reasons. Number one, a very good friend of mine for my birthday found, my friend lives in Wales, but found my nearest nice indie bookshop and put one book behind the bar and they also do wine there so there was like enough money for some wine and a book and a nice afternoon of browsing which was an excellent <laughs> birthday present thank you megan sounds nice while browsing this That's uh, very cool. yeah 
extremely well chosen. While browsing, one of the poetry books that they had was All the Names Given by Raymond Antrobus, who I... Raymond Antrobus sits in a really interesting place in the poetry scene, as far as I'm concerned. When I like first started to go into things 12, 13 years ago, Ray was one of the regulars, and obviously his career has mm-hmm. taken off, and to the extent that he almost feels like an expat to the spoken word scene at this point, perhaps? I'm not sure. <laughs> like, he is one of the contemporary British poetry names that your Guardian readers will know even if they've never been to a spoken word night. But at the same time, also, mm-hmm. he has been one of my go-tos to explain how cool spoken word is, because it took me quite a few years to realise that we... That was a taster for our Book Club same... mini-episode, which will be out later this month, wherever you get your podcasts. Now it's time for the notice board, where we spotlight ten or so opportunities to look out for where you can perform your work or submit it for publication, and also just other stuff we think is cool. Rebecca, do you want to kick us off? Yes. So first up, uh, we've got Process Open Mike. So a uh, long-time member of the London poetry scene and uh, friend of the podcast, Tyrone Lewis, uh, runs Process Productions, which is largely him filming and interviewing people about poetry. And he's launched his own open mic, which is fantastic. And I, heard, I didn't go to the first one, but I've heard really good things about it. It's him and Kayla Feldman, who's lovely, and we love her. And yeah, and I. so the next one will be before this is edited, because it's tomorrow. But basically, it's just this is just something to look out for, and it's towards the end of every month. So, like, so it'd be the 29th of March. So, presumably, presumably the next one will be towards the end of April, sort of around a similar time. I think um, it's last Tuesday of the month. Last Tuesday, which will be 26th of April. Great, and it is in Hackney, I believe, yeah. at Sub Zero. Yeah, so have a look out for that one. I haven't made it to one yet. Uh, and then on the 12th of May, we've got. Uh, Bad Betty live launch so this is uh, Bad Betty again starting a poetry night and we've got poetry from Caroline Bird, Anthony Joseph Jess Moraine and Christopher Lanyon so that is a good good selection of, mm-hmm. of, of really interesting poets and that'll be on at St John's Hoxton on the 12th of May at 7 o'clock uh, so yeah, as we said Bad Betty uh, a small indie publishing press for poetry and yeah it's a new quarterly night of live poetry and music bringing you the very best of both they say hosted by Amy Aker and Jake Wildhall um, also we can now vouch to the ceiling in that venue oh yeah, yeah. what a ceiling so this, this, this is where Jake's birthday was and yeah it's in a church that is an actual functioning church and it is this beautifully painted like yeah just everybody was like if you like the rider weight tarot deck you'll love this ceiling (laughs) (laughs) and you do yeah i've never seen so many poets entranced by religious iconography before It it was really quite something but yeah Great venue, great poetry, so have a look for that. If you search for Bad Betty Live uh, on Facebook, you will find that. And then we've got Loft Poetry Competitions. So Loft Books, which are a poetry publishing company, they have a poetry competition open, uh, previously unpublished, maximum of 40 lines, uh, and the deadline is the 1st of September. The winner will be announced in September. Prize money is £50, and uh, when it will be printed in an anthology. Best bet is to find them on Twitter at, at Loft Books for more information. So yeah, that's me. Uh, Hannah, what have you got? So, I've got two different opportunities for bright young things. The Foil Young Poets Award is open. This is for young people aged 11 to 17. So you can enter that at foilyoungpoets.org and the deadline is 31st of July. The judges are Anthony Anaxaguru and Mona Arshi. If you are in any way, if you're from an underrepresented group such as black uh, or minority ethnic, LGBTQIA, if you are from working class backgrounds, have mental health issues or physical or invisible uh, disabilities, if you are from any of those underrepresented groups, then there is the Creative Future Writers Award. And the awesome thing about this award is that the top three prizes, I think the first prize is 100 quid, the second prize is like slightly less, and the third prize is slightly less, but the top three prizes all come with mentoring as part of the prize and also things like magazine subscriptions and performance opportunities but like a year of mentoring from someone fucking good that is an excellent prize the judges are joelle taylor alki schultz who is one of the founders of lost lit and romalyn ante sarala estruch i may be 
really mispronouncing that, and Dorothy Thompson. And to find out more, go to creativefuture.org.uk. Oh, and there's a theme, and it is the, the poems should be on the theme of how it started. Laurie, what have you got for us? It's April, guys. <gasps> it's By the time this episode goes out, it will be April, and we all know what that means. It means it's Napo Romo, which is National Poetry Writing Month, which somehow we haven't mentioned, uh, and the reason we haven't mentioned it is because we're recording in March. <laughs> yes. But it will be Napo Romo when this goes out, which, for anybody who doesn't know, as I've just said, is National Poetry Writing Month, which could mean a lot of things to different people, but usually... It means that within the 30 days of April, you aim to write 30 poems. And they could be long, they could be short, they could be good, they could be bad, they could be the kind of thing that you want to leave in the bottom of your sleeping bag and never go back to ever again. Everything is allowed. It's all about quantity, not about quality. A lot of different websites and sources will be doing something for National Poetry Writing Month, such as uploading different prompts or different poems to respond to each day so if you want to google national poetry writing month or napo rimo that's a good place to get some inspiration for potentially poems that you might write over the month me and hannah and i don't know if you've done it rebecca before but me and hannah have done it quite a few times oh, i've tried now. and failed so i look forward to writing sort of poems for six days and then completely forgetting for the rest of the month yeah. okay but yeah. the point is then you have poems that yeah. are for six days that you didn't have before right yeah <laughs> i think i've only completed it once but a number of times i have written a bunch of things i wouldn't have normally and then you've got some some things that were practiced and some things that you then yeah edit until you're happy with them and still perform today yeah. yeah and heads up we will be doing an open mic call out for one of our open mic special editions where people can submit their favorite poem that they've written during napo rimo for the podcast so stay tuned to our social media and things like that for for more details of how to get involved with that nice so that's napo also up we've got neon magazine currently let me start that again also up, Neon Magazine are currently accepting submissions on the theme of machines. You can find out more about that at neonmagazine.co.uk stroke guidelines. They say that they prefer darker pieces, especially those with an element of the surreal or speculative, but are open to anything and like to be surprised. They say that images, comics and graphic poems are also welcome as are self-contained extracts. And if you have any doubts about whether something might be suitable, it probably is. So go ahead and send it anyway. <laughs> and you, as I say, find out more on their website. I've ordered a copy of their magazine as well. I'm excited to read it. We had a message on our Instagram from a lovely person called Emma who got in touch about a new night that they're starting to run over in Bath and the night is called Hear My Voice. It's an LGBTQ plus poetry night and it's got a pretty good lineup, well an incredible lineup of spoken word artists is promised including the headliner which this month is only bloody Catherine O'Driscoll again, um, our previous guest from yes. the last show and UK Slam champion for 2021. No longer UK Slam champion, actually, between us <laughs> recording that last episode <laughs> and this one. But uh, yep, so Catherine's going to be there. And they say that here, my voice focuses on empowering LGBTQIA plus voices, as well as local up and coming talent in the open mic section. Um, and that's going to be at Comedia Bath at 7pm on May the 10th. And you can get tickets now through the Comedia website. So if you Google, make sure you're looking at the Bath Comedia because I know there's plenty of different Comedia venues across the country. I wanted to give a heads up that Under the Radar Mag, which is Nine Arches magazine, is going to be accepting publications. Not quite yet, not quite when this episode goes out, but from 1st of May until I think it's June the 7th. They are accepting um, submissions for their magazine. It's a cool little magazine, definitely worth submitting to. You can find all these submissions guidelines and everything you need at ninearchespress.com stroke magazine. And finally from me, I've mentioned this before, but it's definitely worth um, mentioning again. I wanted to plug a little something which you'll say what the hell is that it's called the authors licensing and collecting society which is a very boring title what the hell is for something that? that's actually quite nice <laughs> what the hell is that it is effectively if you've ever heard of prs a prs works in music and works out how many uh, sales you've had or streams you've had and works out how much each musical artist should be getting each year as a result of just plays of their songs 
Uh, the Authors Licensing and Collecting Society, AUX, does a really similar thing for books. So libraries use your books when they're photocopied and things like that. I don't quite know how they calculate it, but they calculate how much you should earn in royalties and send you money every year. And they just did the latest round of it. If you have any publication in a book, including in anthologies, you can sign up for them. It costs £36 to sign up, which sounds like, oh, that's a bit much what I'm actually getting. But once you start to get um, checks in the door once a year, that's actually quite a nice little thing. So yeah, that's uh, free money effectively after you've cleared the <laughs> after you've cleared the thirty six quid. So that's pretty good. Brilliant. So anything you guys want to plug for yourselves? Sure, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Laurie Eves Poet or on Twitter at Mr Leaves. My book Biceps is out on Burning Eye Books or in brick red cassette form on Buried Vinyl and you can pick up both versions from my website which is laurieeves.com L-A-U-R-I-E-E-A-V-E-S.com and stream the audio version wherever you stream audio. Also, I've got a poem in Ink, Sweat and Tears this month. Go and check that out on their website. It's inksweatandtears.co.uk. Hannah? I am Hannah Hutzburg on all the platforms. If you haven't met me yet, please uh, go like my page to find out where all the news is with the best will of the world I don't take verbal requests if I haven't had a chat with you and I'm the host of Insight Poetry so if you go to on Facebook forward slash Insight Poetry then you can find where the next LGBT spoken word friendly night is and that's usually on the third Wednesday of every month mostly online these days and on a completely silly note for April April 1st will be the birthday of Dragons of London my goofy account where I record the biodiversity of dragons sighted around London on top of uh, roofs or in Chinese restaurants or clinging onto the side of a cathedral I, I celebrate the diversity of London dragons so on April 1st we celebrate our birthday and on St George's Day, we campaign about violence against dragons and how it's not okay. So April is a busy month for Dragons of London, uh. if you would like to see one of my very silly side projects. Oh, and buy my book. Yes, buy your book. What's your book called? And where can we buy it? My book is called Permeable. It is published by Burning Eye Books. And you can get it on my website, which is hannahutzberg.com. You can find me on Twitter as at Rebecca K. Cooney. I'm on Facebook as Rebecca K. Cooney-Poet. Instagram as at any name but Becky. And my website is RebeccaKCooney.wordpress.com. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram as at DeadDarlingsPod. On Facebook as DeadDarlingsPodcast. And you can email us at DeadDarlingsPodcast at gmail.com. If you've liked what you heard, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and help us spread the word. I believe it really does help with algorithms and shit so please do it i just want to say thank you to matthias monkey ediger for joining us to my co-hosts hannah and laurie to texas radio for our theme music and to you guys for listening